Welcome to our latest edition of Eye of the Swarm. He is the big sound, Matt Johnson. I am John Garver, and we are once again recording from the bunker. We are. Known as my basement. I, I don't like to use the whole man cave thing, but uh, it's sort of become the bunker once it became my, my home office. And all of my Zoom meetings are like, oh, you in the basement again? Yeah, I'm in the bunker. So we're, we're live in the bunker again here, um, and... What you been doing to stay busy, Matt? <laughs> uh, a lot of workouts, a lot of time on the exercise bike for me. Um, I must say, before we get too far in, I'm, I'm very happy to see the puck wall again. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy looking at the puck yeah, wall. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't bring that up last podcast, but uh, the puck wall is always a welcome sight. Um, for but, those that are unfamiliar, I've been collecting logoed hockey pucks, I think, since uh, was like October 18th of 1982. Wow, yeah. I you didn't know. realize it was that long. Yeah. I kind of figured, though, looking at the collection. Yeah, it's uh, it started when I, I caught a puck at a Minnesota North Stars game against the Calgary Flames and uh, just kind of took off from there. And, you know, once we finished the basement here the, of the house, we Chad Beiswanger and his master craftsmanship put up some uh, shelves that I'm finally able to display my 544 and counting logoed hockey pucks. And, uh yeah. It, make, I, it makes for good office decor. I feel quite honored because I'm one of the uh, select few who have seen the puck wall more than once. Um, most people haven't. I saw it when it was in construction still. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's always, a, like I said, a pleasure to see it. It's uh, Chad Beiswinger uh, did a nice job setting that up for you. Uh, it takes another hockey guy to understand it, I suppose, at a certain level, how you wanted it to be done, but it's great. We had I, we I were love it. throwing a lot of ideas around, and he's the the smart one. I've said it many times with the the work he's done in our house here. You know, I I see a pile of wood, and I see a pile of wood. Right. And yeah. Chad sees a pile of wood and comes up with things like that. Yeah. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he did a very good job with that pile of wood of making it into a, yeah. a decorative feature. And um, you know, like you said, I I the people who follow your blog I know know about the puck wall, mm-hmm. or at least your collection of pucks. Maybe not the wall, but the, at least the collection of pucks. Right. But to actually see it uh, firsthand, it's quite impressive. Yeah. And I think it's uh, it's pretty cool because I think the guests get a bang out of it too. I think Nick Bursick actually brought it up when we talked to him. He right. Said, I I feel honored to have seen the puck wall, and uh, it was at that moment that I realized how lucky I was to have seen it in multiple <laughs> stages, and now to see it. Uh, at this point completed, I mean, there's still some work to do. I mean, there's space for, you said, 200-plus more. Yeah, I can probably accommodate a little over 200 more before we'll have to make some decisions on the next expansion and which way we go, which which uh, wall it moves to. Uh, I don't want to go much lower because having a toddler in the house who likes to grab everything and... Right into the mouth? You know. Yeah. Uh, he's a thrower. He's he a thrower. To, he likes okay. to throw things, and that's, uh, you know... I don't necessarily want to have pucks flying around the basement just yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but going back to your original question, uh, working out. A lot of working out. Uh, thankfully, my cardio workouts have been going really well. Um, but, you know, it, it's funny th- th- what a small world it becomes when things like this happen. Um, because unbeknownst to me, and I did not realize that this was going to be, you know, how things played out in this regard. I happened to be going to my local Super 1 with the one-way signs. I don't know if you, if everyone live, listening back home has had this experience of now the one-way traffic that has now become, I think, part of the COVID uh, experience. 
One-way traffic now only, apparently, in supermarkets. Uh, People still don't pay attention to it. No. Well, they do it. Actually, they do it at My Super 1. Okay. Like, and I've been trying my best. I, I found myself work, walking around in circles a couple times. Right. Because of that. But I'm trying to do as well as I can. Right. Um, so I'm going through the one-way lanes of My Super 1, and I come to the back, and there's this tall blonde with a surgical mask and gloves with, standing behind a shield at the checkout. And what I didn't realize until I got there was that I was Eva Reinerson, <laughs> who was checking me out and also bagging my groceries. <laughs> so <laughs> she found her way all the way over to Lakeside uh, to now bag my groceries for me. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and she said, hi, Matt. And I said, hello, Eva. And so now she bags my groceries. So I feel somewhat safe. There you go. A Cosida, two-time Cosida academic All-American is begging my groceries. I, I don't know if that's... I, I like that you're actually following protocols. <laughs> that's what I like. That's what you like? Yes. Yeah, that part. I, I And I said something on Facebook about this, and she she got a big bang out of it, I think, too. But um, just kind of... This is the world we live in now, though. It is. Because people are having to make accommodations that they wouldn't otherwise make. Um, well, I, I mean... It, that was a pleasant surprise. Right. You know, but... You know, it, but it, it, it's under way, any it's, other circumstance that would not have happened. Right. Yeah. But it's it's the way it is now. I mean, we, you know, what working from home and spring sports canceled. It, it's weird, like having a, a weekend available. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it, it, the weather's been decent. Right. Really you know, nice it, last week. It's been dry. Last week was great. And so, I mean, for the first time, I think since I've lived here, I actually got the spring raking done and we're able to finally getting some work done on on the outdoor projects that's what i was doing this weekend i went to menards and they require you to wear a mask in the store everybody right if you walk in and you don't have one they'll sell you one for a buck but everybody's required to have a mask and that's it's the way it is now apparently though if you're in michigan um that that's yeah that would that I yeah. That's a case where people are going to start acting irrationally, and that's my biggest. And that was a totally rational, yeah, behavior. Right. Um. You know. And that's where my concerns are. The longer this goes, right, is stuff like that happening. So that that takes this conversation a little bit in a direction I don't necessarily want to go. Yeah, I don't either. Um. But, um. We're all trying to manage it in different ways, is what I'm trying to say. Right. And going, but now turning the question back to you, how have you been spending your time? I know you, like you said, you talk about being down in the bunker down here, and it's—I mean, it's a pretty nice bunker I mean, between the puck wall and the jerseys. It's, it, it's, and, it's getting there. You know, it's—it's it's been a work in progress, but yeah, it's—it's uh, it's come a long way in the last 18 months. You know, you came, right. you came in here 18 months ago. You had bare walls. You had just the studs over on one part there was no carpet. Oh, I saw it at that point too. Yeah, I yeah. mean it was it was ugly, you know. It was it was it was ugly and it was it was a fair amount of work to get it to this point and you know there's obviously still some things that that we want to do down here but you know it's uh the bunker has become the home office. Right. Well, th- that's the thing. It's it, it's really nice, but I don't know looking at it 24/7. I you know, I I don't mind it. You don't mind it? No. Okay. I I honestly don't mind working from down here. Uh the internet can be a little sketchy sometimes. You know, being underground, but uh, you know, it's it's the home office. So I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate I'm able to still work. Right. Yeah. You know, I feel for the people who have to make that decision on 
do I risk my health or do I risk right. my job? I'm fortunate right now. I don't have to make a decision like that. So I'm right. still able to work. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm putting in my hours throughout the week. You know, with a we got a one year old, so he, there's plenty there to keep you busy, right? Because he's he's mobile now. He's he's walking and right. He's yep. he so covers a lot of ground in a very short time. It's amazing how you can set him down in one room and try to get to the dishwasher, and he's right behind you. And he's uh, almost to that point where he's going to start talking now too. Yeah, he's he's got a few words that he can spit out. You know, he's he's good with the high and the by and mama and dada and uh, ball. We're convinced ball is a word for him, and he's he's trying like crazy to say cat because ah. we have two cats here and he'll spot them and he's trying right. to get to that point and right you know he, he understands things when you say like can you bring me a ball he'll bring that or can you bring me your elephant he'll bring me that and right you yeah. know he's 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 getting there but uh he, he's there to keep you busy and you know it's just you you, you find okay what kind of family thing can we do let's go for a walk let's right. just get outside and get some air let's get him on his little bike and you know working his way around the house and everything. And then, you know, it's, it's projects. I mean, I've, I've kicked a lot of projects down the road, particularly the outdoor stuff. And, you know, having the opportunity this weekend to hang flower baskets, put mulch down. It's like, wow, I feel like a legitimate homeowner all of a sudden. Saturday was fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm lucky because I live in an area of Duluth that's particularly scenic. Um, and living right next to the Lester River, I went on a little hike. And I've been doing that pretty consistently the last, you know, um, probably two or three weeks. I've been trying to get out of the house as much as I can if the weather allows. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get a chance to do something that I hadn't done in a long, long time, um, which was go down to uh, the shores of Lake Superior and skip rocks. And when I was a kid, that was one of my favorite all-time things to do when I came to the North Shore. And I always look forward to that, being able to do that. Go down and sit on a beach, uh, listen to the waves kind of crash, and then skip rocks off of Lake Superior was just... Um, it, w- it was a real serene experience for me. Sure. And so I got a chance to do that. So in that regard, I'm happy at a certain level that things have slowed down as they have um, because it's, it's given me a, a chance to appreciate things that I maybe took for granted. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that I really appreciate uh, uh, about having the chance to slow down a little bit. Um, do I like being confined to my condo? No, I love my condo very much. Uh, I spend a lot of time with my cat on my lap now, which is not bad either. Um, and I've gotten a chance to, uh, FaceTime a little bit with my nephew and he's gotten to the point now, Nick is about two and a half years old where he can talk a little bit, sure, you know, and tell me what's going on in his day. And, you know, he smiles and, uh, he's always happy to see his uncle Maddie, uh, you know, pop up on the screen. So, um, in that regard, it's been really good. Um, I guess the biggest thing for me is just the longevity and still the uncertainty of how long this is going to go. If right. this had been a case where you're going to have, you know, this whole month is just going to be off and we were starting up at a certain time, then I could say, uh, you know, this has been fantastic, but I'm ready to get back. Yep. This is indefinite. Yeah. It's an open-ended question and an open-ended date. And that's the part. That's tough yeah. for me. Um, and it's out of your control. And most of us are control freaks, you know, is what I found. Most people want to have some structure. Right. And we don't have a lot of structure right now. No, we don't. If you're not doing your job, if you're not working from home, there's no structure. Yep. Everything is up in the air. You don't know when it's going to be okay to go back outside or when it's going to be okay to go to a bar or a restaurant to see your friends or or anything. 
Go to a sports event, you know. Right. Go to a concert, you know. Go for a walk. What is what is the one thing that when these when this is finally abated and restrictions have been lifted, what's the one thing? For that, me? Yeah. Getting back to sports. That's I mean that's what's going to be the thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I work in the after school program at the Y through Congdon Park. Um, and the kids are great. Love the kids. I like my coworkers. Um, everybody's really easy to get along with and I'll look forward to that too, but I'm a sports guy that, you know, and that's, and you are too. Yep. And if you're a sports person, you get it. Yep. You know, it's a big part of it. Uh, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the only thing I can really come up with. I mean, that's the thing I miss the most. I, uh, I kind of miss not being able to have the opportunity to go down to the cities and see my folks. Right. Normally if I had this much time on my hands. And we weren't in this situation. I'd be spending a fair amount of time down there, spending time with my nephew and my sister and my brother-in-law and my mom and my dad and my sure. aunt and the, the rest of my family. Um, but I can't do that. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. You know, that's another added thing. We were talking about Mother's Day plans just yesterday in my family. And we're going to try to do a virtual kind of Mother's Day with multiple, you know, from Zoom. Right. Uh, just to kind of do that. We've been talking about doing uh, a kind of a Zoom-based uh, happy hour. Where everybody can see each other, and you know, we can have a kind of a cocktail hour. Sure, you know, stuff like that. These are things that normally would never happen, right? You know, and so that's another part of it. So, but, you know, for me, that's that's kind of where where I'm at. I don't know about you. Have you have you talked to your mom and your your sister and their family and everything like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, how are they doing? And 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 what what what's you the know, big I, thing for you? I think it's the same thing as everybody. They're they're doing what they're supposed to be doing doing what they need to be doing but at the same time they're all kind of clawing at the walls a little bit you know um my, my mom is active and she misses not being active you know she misses her bowling league you know things like that so you know i think everybody everybody's clawing at the walls a little bit um looking forward to at least having some of this lighten up so they can go do something i know i mean i don't have to worry about it because i'm follically challenged but i know everybody else in my family is having hair problems because you know they they need to get a trim <laughs> that was uh it's interesting you bring that up because uh when eva saw me and it's the first thing she said is you've got quite the flow going yeah and i said yeah well don't get used to it or at least i'm hoping not to get used to it i don't right. like my hair to be this long right um it just gets uncomfortable and i call it mom curl because my colleagues uh, my colleagues follow my mom's side of the family mm-hmm. and so i talked to my mom the other day and her hair's all over the place yep and i said to her i said my mom curl is getting a little out of hand mom and she's like yeah mine is too mm-hmm. so you know i mean just basic things like that right you know, am i am i obsessing about my hair no but it's longer than i want it to be right and that's just one of the things again that's another thing that you just gotta miss yep i'd like to go to cost cutters and get a haircut right <laughs> you know that's but i can't do that right now right that's just the fact yeah so yeah. If, I mean, for me, I I don't think I'll ever take watching a baseball game for granted again. Because I <laughs> seriously, I mean, I, it yeah. This is baseball season right now. This is supposed to be the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is right. a very happy time for me. And yeah, you know, I'm resorting to watching replays of the 1965 Major League Baseball All Star Game. You know, right. as because that's just the only thing that. It's going that, on right that's now. going on, yeah. You know, but the the other piece of that is, and this people are going to think this is weird. I miss going to work. 
You know, I, well, the reason why we do what we do is because we love what we do. Yeah, and yeah. I, I miss I miss going to work. I miss being in the office. I miss being able to see my coworkers. I miss having student athletes just stop in the office and and chat or say hello or grab something out of the candy dish. I mean, I you miss those things. Right. Yeah. So you know, that's the the single biggest thing is I just look forward to being able to to get back to that. Right. Yeah. You know, along with with the sports thing, but so you know, sports wise, uh, one of the great things golf is. Has the golf course restrictions have been lifted in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and uh, we are, we're very fortunate that in our next segment we are going to have one of the Yellow Jacket men's golfers, Joey Cummings, join us. And uh, you know, I'm a golf guy. Can't wait to get back on the course. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know we we talked about how the athletes have been impacted uh, a little bit in our last episode, and uh, certainly you know Joey and his teammates fall right into that category. Um, you know, he's. He's a fun guy. Yeah, uh, you know Joey's a, Joey's a fun kid, and uh, uh, it's been a rough go, you know. And he'll talk a little bit more about that in the in our next segment. But uh, yeah, I mean, at least at the very least, uh, you know, people are being able to get out of their house a little bit. Golf is a little bit less. Um, I don't want to say dangerous. Uh, a little bit less exposed, I suppose, when it comes to this virus. At right. least we're hoping so. Right. Um, you know, um, and we we kind of alluded to this a little bit also in the last podcast. Reopening is going to take time. Yes. And I think one of the things now, because they've revised now the mortality rates coming up, uh, now they've, you know, for a while we were, we were between 100 and 200,000. Then it went down to, you know, 60, 70, 80. Now they're going back up to 135, 140. Um, and those numbers are going to keep fluctuating. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering how much those numbers fluctuating like that is going to really test the patience of, and also the nerve of the American public. Right. Because those numbers are going to move around. Yep. You know, I know people want to get back to their lives. I know people want to get back to their businesses. And I know people are really suffering. There are bankruptcies that are already happening. Right. Um, Jay Crew just filed for bankruptcy, I think, yesterday. Yesterday, I think. Yep. And then I think Hertz went under recently. Yep. And I mean, there, there are companies that are really suffering right now. Yep. And we understand that. But right now, it's a big trade-off. Yeah. Because you're putting the general public still at risk. Yep. And... You know, that's the thing. There's there's no cutoff date here where you can say, you know, this is going to be the, the the ultimate you know death rate that we're going to have or or number of mortalities that we're going to have as a result of this. Right. Um, and so you know, opening slowly is really the way we have to go. And thankfully, golf is a sport where we can begin that process, test that out for probably a few weeks, maybe a couple months. Mm-hmm. Find out if we're still okay, and then make take the next step. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to have golf back. I are you planning on going out soon? Yes. Are you Saturday? Okay. Are you? Yeah. Okay. You gonna go out to Nomadji, I suppose. No, I'm actually playing uh, Turtleback down in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, um, my in-laws have a lake place down in Rice Lake, and they're okay. gonna, they're going to be there. So Allison and Teddy are going to go. See the grandparents, and my buddy and I are going to go play 18. Oh, good for you. Yeah, it's exciting. It'll also be nice to get out of town. Yes. You know, for a little bit. Yep. You know, um, you know I, w- I would add simply this when we come back to the reopening side. My sister and I have been talking about this quite a bit because she's working on the front lines right now. Mm-hmm. And the healthcare professionals are still really, really strained. Yeah. I will tell you that firsthand. Uh, the people that are on the front lines are, um, they're just about at wit's end, a lot of them. Um, and I know that P- 
people are saying, well, the healthcare system can handle it. Right now, people need to take into account also the the physical well-being and the emotional well-being of the healthcare workers. Um, a lot of them are already experiencing, I guess, symptoms of PS, PTSD. Um, my sister specifically said that she worked with seven patients that she knew for a fact were probably not going to make it mm. last week. Um, and so it, it's really, it, it's taken a real toll on them. So if you know any healthcare workers, please be kind to them during this time. Those of you who are listening back home, um, cause they're going through it too. Right. I mean, they're really going through it. Not like you and I, and, and some people who are sitting at home warning about their business. These people are seeing it day in, day out. Yep. They're exposed to it. Um, and they're seeing the real consequences. They're seeing a lot of, of suffering and death around them right now. Um, and so please just, you know, be mindful. I know I don't have to necessarily say that too expressly, but, you know, please have some, some sympathy for the healthcare workers because they are really, um, both members are on the front line of my family. I know for a fact are really, really, they're, they're burning on fumes right now. Yeah. They need a recharge. And the problem is, is that they're probably not going to get one. Um, the more we try to open up. So, you know, just please keep them in your thoughts and prayers back home. Yeah, that's a tough situation for them. And, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine having to get up every morning and, and go to work in that environment. I couldn't imagine it. I uh, I, t- I tried to call her last week after one of her particularly really tough days. And she just basically texted me back because she didn't pick up and said, look, I'd love to talk, but I'm really, really out of gas. Yeah. She's like, I saw, that was the day she told me. I've, I've been working with patients that are not going to make it today. And, or if they do, it's going to take, take some kind of quote unquote miracle. Yeah. So I, I need a day to collect myself. And I said, that's fine. You know, that's, that's perfect. I, I understand. And you don't need to explain anymore. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's real draining. And, and I count myself lucky when I talk to my sister. Yeah. She's, she's kind of working on call right now. Like certain weeks that she's, she's called in other times she's not, but that week she worked between 15, 60 hours. And it was, you know, it wasn't, it's not good. No, it's not good at all. And, um, you know, the daycare is closed down. So Nick is home and my brother-in-law is, is off work right now. And so he's kind of watching him all day long, but, right. uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're carrying some heavy freight. So, you know, like I said, just be mindful. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, that was a downer. Let's, uh, but you know, that's the environment we live in now. But a little bit of a downer. Let's bring it back up. We're gonna we're gonna take a time out. We'll come back and we'll catch up with Joey Cummings, senior on the Yellow Jacket men's golf team. Right after this, you're listening to I Am the Swarm. For over 85 years. The dollars deposited at National Bank of Commerce have been reinvested into the community, sparking bold ideas and igniting big dreams. Our customers have helped transform the region. And if we've come this far already, just imagine what's next. National Bank of Commerce. We make more possible. We're back on the eye of the swarm and we are joined we always like it when we have an athlete instead of a coach coaches are great to have on but it's nice to have a student athlete when we can and this time we've got uh joey cummings senior on the yellow jacket men's golf team and uh we'll we'll use the air quotes for senior because you're you're one of those athletes that's going to fall into potentially having that 
additional year of eligibility courtesy of the COVID-19 situation. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we got going here, Joey, that's something that's a little bit fluid for you right now, isn't it? Because you've got graduation on the horizon, or do you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly weird times, and uh, I'm just going to play it by ear and see what happens. Um, I want to come back, uh, but, you know, if if this thing, if this pandemic is still around by, uh, by September, I mean, who knows? Yeah. You're looking at possibly passing on commencement to go for that fifth year. And then all of a sudden you find out in August that, oh, there's not going to be fall sports. There's not going to be anything on campus, you know, then, then what, right. You know, and the, the situation of, well, if everything gets pushed to the spring, well then you're going to have one heck of a spring season then you know, trying to, to steamroll all these sports in a full schedule into a very, very compact time frame. I would imagine the NCAA would stretch that out a little bit to, to give you a little more time on the championship side, so maybe the season would go into June potentially. But it, 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 leaves, you, uh, it leaves you in a difficult situation when you want to declare for that fifth year. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've emailed Nick and talked about my, my options. I've been in uh, con- constant contact with uh, Coach Ebb and... Uh, with my advisor to see my options and I'm just checking them all right now and probably going to figure out here with within the next I mean before June I got to uh, if I want to or not but we were talking last episode um, when we had Nick Bursick on about how all of this unfolded and we we spoke specifically of CJ Pillow from the track and yep. field team how I, I think everybody's heart aches the most for him mm-hmm. because he was actually at his championship yeah. Yeah. when they, they came in and said, oh, by the way, you're not going to get the chance to compete. So, you know, th- thanks for the trip out and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. And then after that, I think we, uh, we kind of feel for the spring sports seniors, but then I, I'd slot in right after them would be men's golf because I, I, don't, I don't think people remember that they qualified for the national tournament this year again. And that was taken away from you as well well before the time that your championship was going to be played. I mean, you're talking two months away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you gave me a few few quotes on this for the last issue of Champions Club Quarterly, but talk to me a little bit about your reaction and the team's reaction when you learned that you weren't going to have that chance to go compete. Well, first off, I want to say we'd be leaving on Friday this week. So, I mean, now we're sitting at home and doing nothing, but... Um, no, you're a college student. You're going to class. That's true. Zoom, <laughs> Zoom lectures and virtually and online going to class. class. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, for the team, I just felt felt heartbroken for for one uh, all my teammates who we worked we worked really hard to get back to the national tournament after last year. Where I mean, you don't really want to miss it. It's it's the most fun you're ever going to have um, qualifying for the NCAA tournament. And uh, I just felt bad for Coach Ebb. You know, um, he really wanted us to get back, and we did that. I mean, and uh, it was tough with uh, knowing that that was probably I've already hit my last golf shot up until they they passed the the new legislation, which can you you're, you can return for a fifth year. But I mean, all that's just up in the air right now, and you know. How'd you find out? I was sitting in class, just scrolling on Twitter. Don't ask why. <laughs> a nice honest answer though. And we won't even we won't mention what class it was either. Um, <laughs> I was sitting in class scrolling on Twitter and I see a tweet that says NCAA has canceled all 
remaining uh, winter sports and all future spring sports. And I was like, that could just be D1. And I was like, kind of looked, I went on their website. It said all our divisions, one, two, and three were tagged. And uh, just knew it was over at that point. I just kind of put my head in my hands and I was lost. I didn't know what to do. Has it, has it, has it sunk in? Has it become real? Yeah. Is it getting more real now when you, like you said already, we'd be leaving Friday. Yeah. And, and, you know, we would have played in probably three or four events leading up to this to knock the winter rust off. You know, is it more real now that we, we truly are not going to get that chance? Yeah, it's, it's more real now. I mean, with the, the seriousness of this pandemic and stuff, you know, I feel like they made the right call. Our, our first initial thoughts for, as a team were, it's in May. Like, why are, why are we canceling it? And uh, now we're we're in May, and we'd be leaving on Friday. I can see, you know, they probably made the the right choice. And uh, you know, yeah, still so bummer, but they we talked about this in the last podcast that we did with Nick. There really wasn't any other decision to be made. No, um, this wasn't so much of a decision as an inevitability in my in my estimation. I mean, there was no other option. I mm. mean, you know, you, you, the decision was an interesting way to put it cuz obviously, you know, you have to make a call, you know, but it was inevitable that it was going to get shut down. Yeah. Uh even if they had waited another week or two, which wouldn't have helped anybody by the way. No. Um it was well, it would have helped track and field. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, for the vast majority of athletes, right. it would not have made any difference whatsoever. They, um I, I uh, they did cancel everything the day before. I think us, um, baseball, softball, and tennis were all supposed to go down to Florida. So right, yeah, right, yeah, right before the spring I mean, trip. They could have done it a week later for to benefit everyone. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it may not have benefited our health, but <laughs> right, yeah. it would have been more fun. It would have it would have put off the inevitable. Yeah, that's what that's what it would right. have. Right, and you know, I I don't know if. I mean, John, you and I talked about this. We saw it coming well before it actually went down. Um, it was obvious from the news reports that eventually it was going to spread to a point where it could not be, things could not remain as, as is. And, you know, we, we talked about the fact that uh, the NBA was sort of the, the first to, domino to fall. They were the ones that said, well, that's an awfully big domino. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it was a huge domino. I mean, I don't, I don't know. There, there will be probably a 30 for 30 documentary on ESPN someday or a documentary somewhere about how this went down and how quickly this went down because that was a crazy 48 hours. Right. Where the NBA was the first to say, we have a player that is infected and we need to stop this right now. Yeah. And then everybody else, it, I mean, it was like a, a, a swift domino effect. I but, mean, it yeah. was, it led to, you know, the, the, in a way the NBA kind of on the global sports scene kind of started the, the process. Because right after the NBA announced that they were postponing their season, everybody else followed suit practically. I mean, it was the NHL, and then it was MLB, and then it was eventually, of course, the NCAA. And we talked about the fact that the NCAA delayed a little bit Mm -hmm. in their decision, mostly because they wanted to make, I think, and we talked about this also with Nick last time, they wanted to make a joint statement about the entire rest of the year. It wasn't just about, because the question then was about March Madness, was about Mm -hmm. the NCAA tournament which was about to be Selection Sunday was like a week away. Yep. yep. And the conference tournaments were about to start. Yep. And they basically, they called that out. I mean, I can tell you right now, just knowing the NCAA, that was the, they, they canceled that straight out. 
but they were wondering about the spring. They were waiting to see if there was any way they could make spring work, and there just wasn't. No. You know, there was no way logistically you could make it work. And so they waited a couple of weeks before they made their decision, and they got slammed for it. But I think it was such a big, all-encompassing thing. I mean, and it was. it was The thought process is athletes like yourself and others around the country that are sitting there kind of in, in limbo saying, well, when, you know, where are we going to be? How is this going to you know, affect us? Like, what's, what's the ultimate end game here? And the NCAA Board of, of Governors and then the, you know, the, the rest of the presidents, there was no way they could endorse continuing. I mean, they're, they're, they, you just couldn't. So it's, it's a weird thing, and especially for you, because we, we talked about this with Coach Ebb when he was on. Um, the fact that you guys' golf season is particularly interesting because it's unlike any other sports season that we have on our campus and just about anywhere else. Right. For, for, for schools that have offer golf in the fall instead of the spring, mm-hmm. you have to wait literally like six months before you get to go compete for an NCAA t- championship, even though you've qualified for it. Right. Yeah. Which is a, a crazy setup to begin with. So you've been waiting, 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 waiting. And now the NCAA says, well, keep on waiting because it's not going to happen at all now. Yeah. That must be a weird thing because you celebrate the, the conference title. You take home your trophy. You take home player of the year and all this other kind of in the, in the L conference honors. And then it's like, well, okay, we pulled the plug for six months, and then we fire back up and get ready to go, and then, no, no, it's not going to happen. Just talk about how weird that scenario must be because, I mean, just, just even on a normal circumstance, it's an odd way to go about competing for a national championship. Yeah, I, I mean, go back to last year where we can actually use the, the, the example. Um, we win the conference championship. That was the last time I golfed until I went to California in January to visit family. So, I mean, I went all of October pretty much, all of November, all of December into January without touching my club. That's that's three and a half months. And it was probably worse for some of my teammates who didn't get to go to visit family in California. Right. And then uh, we uh, – so then I, I, I played the four or five times there in a week, come back home, take the rest of January off, the rest of February off, and the beginning of March off, and – we go to Arizona for our spring break trip. And this is like, we're thinking we're going to play tournaments like when we get back because it's the end of March, you know. Some courses down south are opening. And, I mean, the the team is just, we're, we're trying to just scramble. Like, good scores down in Arizona. We haven't, I, I'm, I'm the lucky one who was able to play golf in between those six months, but most of my teammates haven't. And we're just hitting some of the worst golf shots you've ever seen. And I've seen some really bad golf right, shots. Joey. Maybe not the worst, <laughs> but there were there were some, some really bad. bad shots. I'm, uh, I'm on a competitive th- standpoint, <laughs> not where you're out on a scramble. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna throw an example out at Chase Hoople, who who played for us last year and then transferred. Um, he was just having one of the worst days ever in Arizona. We may have gotten to a little argument. He may have wanted to punch me in the face, but that was just me being you know a harsh teammate and. We'll let that go. Me and me and Chase have have uh, moved on from this, but a few holes after we got into a little argument, he ended up hitting one off a light pole on the roadside, and it was so funny <laughs> that we, like we didn't know what to do. Like there was eight of us watching, and we didn't know what to do after he hit one off a light pole on the road. And I was like, 
well, I think we're we're, we're NCAA championship ready after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a humbling game, and we talked about oh, that before we went on the air. I mean, before this interview. Uh, and I, I relate the story of my high school, my best friend in high school, who was a a golfer and a uh, hockey player, and was good at both. And he uh, he kind of explained to me because I he knew I didn't play golf, and he said, even when you think you're good at golf, you're really not that good at golf. He's like, it humbles you quick. He's like, you if you if you you know, if you don't hold your shoulder in just right, or you, you know, you, you come open a little bit with your footing or your stance isn't right. And your balance is off. That ball will go flying in directions that you just, <laughs> you know. yeah, it, it, it's just, there's so many, it's little, very humbling. There's it's so a humbling many little game. pieces to a golf swing. Yeah. I mean, you know. it, and I, you know, I know joy that you've experienced that because anybody that's played golf has experienced yeah. that where I had a really good round yesterday and today I was awful. You know, and just, I played the same eighteen holes. Yeah, exactly. And I played I the, the same yeah, thing exactly. for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was hitting the fairways yesterday, no problem. You know, maybe on the edge of the rough. Now my my tee shots are, I mean, I'm I'm hitting guys on other on other holes, and you know what I mean. Like there's, yeah. <laughs> there's, it, it can be a really humbling experience, and you don't necessarily maybe even feel any different. Like the, you know, it just is. Wow, that 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 was that was not good. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, they they say. Golf is played right, right in your head, and that's uh, it's so true. If you have one bad day in your head, your golf game can just go to crap. Yeah. It's, I, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. it's. I mean, I go back to, and this is something we also talked about before the interview, the Ernie L situation at the Masters a few years ago where <laughs> last day of the, you know, it's, it's the last round he's made the cut, and in his first hole he, he had basically 10 shots. Yeah. You know, I mean. And you've got another, <laughs> you know, here you go, 17 more holes to play. Or well, have, have fun. Like you, you know, mentioned, like, Joey, the frustrating part about that was how many of those putts were within two feet? At least three or four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean it's. It, you know, and that was just a simple case of putting. He just, he could. not your day. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I, I saw the interview with him afterward. He's like, ah, well, you know, what happens? Or he said yeah. something like that. But that's the way you really have to approach it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that that's. You know, I mean, if it was me, I'm like, great, I got 17 more holes of this. You know, that's what, yeah. I, you know, and it, it must be tough, though, to, to shake that off, too, when you have a bad hole. Yeah, I mean, in, in golf, you don't really want to look towards the past because you always have, like you said, it was just the first hole. You got 17 more to play. If you keep up with that mentality, I mean, you're you're not going to play well. No, you're going to have an epically bad day if that yeah. keeps up. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to want to play golf ever again after after doing that if you have that mentality. So, I mean, one thing my dad and my grandpa always said to me, because I used to be a little little ragey on the golf course, where I'd have a bad shot and I'd throw my golf club. I, I don't do that anymore. That's, I mean, it, you look silly. Let's be yeah. real. You're throwing your club, throwing tempered tantrums on a golf course. You look stupid. Right, yeah. And uh, the one thing that that's, I've really worked on um, through my years at playing collegiate golf is, you know, it's just a game. Let's have some fun. You know, always look to the future and hit those shots. And if if it's a good day, it's a good day. If it's a bad day, it's a bad day. I mean, what what are you gonna do? Well, the most guys, even the really good guys, have three or four holes that just go awry, even on a really good round. I mean, you're not gonna go under par on every single, you know. No. You're not gonna have birdies on every hole. No. You know, even the best awesome guys. Awesome if you did. That. Yeah, it'd be great <laughs> if you did. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's why you play 18 holes. Mm-hmm. It, it's not be, you know, 
Oh, I had two really good holes. That's good enough. Yeah. You know, you know, you got to play 18 holes. That's, that's the, that's part of the sport is, you know, you're, you're going to have, well, that hole didn't go very well. I doubled on, well, on five or whatever, you know, and I'll, but like you said, you got to have that kind of short memory and go forward. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be, um, you can't be dwelling on what just happened. You have to move forward and say, well, that, well, that hole didn't go well, but we'll examine that later. Now I got this next hole. You know, if, if I tripled on six, I can't worry about tripling on seven. I have to just go and play that hole. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way, that's the way it is. And, um, you know, I, it, it, it's humbling. It's a humbling sport. And it's humbling even when you see the best players in the world have days like that, where it's just they can't find it. You know, copyright Ernie Els. I don't mind you know, it when it's they just, do, though, because it, it makes you realize, one, this is a very difficult game. It's it's yeah. not it's not easy. It's something that just anybody can do. No. And it, it they're human. Yeah. It, I, I don't mind that. Well, and even, uh, you know, because there's been a lot of talk, and I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on this, Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. you know, his career arc, where he went through a space where he couldn't lose. Yeah. And then he went through a, a, a time where he couldn't win, <laughs> you know, and he was really he couldn't even make cuts mm-hmm. half the time. He was he wasn't making cuts, much less competing. So yeah, it's a humbling sport. I mean, it'll take oh, you yeah. down a few notches. And I think that was when Tiger did win that Masters. I think that was the thing why everybody celebrated so much because he had really struggled right for a number of years up until then. You know? I mean, just just another example of that is you look at Jordan Spieth. Three or four years ago, he couldn't lose. Yeah, he he was blowing away people at the Masters, tying Tiger Woods' 18-under record, right. which nobody thought would be touched. He was incredible that day. I watched that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then and then he goes on. He wins the U.S. Open the next tournament after. So he's Rolling half, along. halfway to the Grand Slam. He, uh, I think he come up, comes up just short at uh, like the, the British Open or something like that, and then just short again at the PGA. I mean, he finished first, first, like third, third, or something like that that year in the majors and then the next year he's he's in the lead on the back nine at augusta throws up just a horrendous back nine and and loses the tournament and you're like how right just yeah that's that's what golf i feel like every professional golfer even the best ones have those days where it just you know kind of fell apart i mean there were a few times going back to the tiger woods where he was in the top three or four going into the last David Major, and he, he'd fade mm-hmm. and finish 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere in there where he's you know seven, eight shots off the lead now all of a sudden because he had a really bad front nine or whatever it was. So it is a sport that humbles you. It's, mm-hmm. There's no, you know, and it's a sport that there's so many different factors that play into it, mm-hmm. you know, that are not necessarily in your control, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, the, the course, you know, the, the wind direction, you know, is it gusting? Is it, you know, just things like that. Did it rain last night? Yeah, did it rain last night? How, how are the greens today? You know, I mean, there's a lot of things you have to adjust to. Right. You know, is the fairway, you know, fast today? Is it slow? Are you going to get any rolls? You know? So there's a lot of things that are out of the control of the actual golfer mm-hmm. on top of everything else. And that, that's, for someone like me who's somewhat of a control freak, that would really drive me nuts. If I'm if I'm being you know if I'm being like if I'm being honest and I'm and I'm competing, the last thing I want to worry about is the fact that the green is really fast now. They've cut it super short, and there wasn't any rain, 
So now it's dry and it's 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 like astroturf. You're you're putting in the parking lot basically. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I you know, and whereas two days ago we had a, a torrential downpour and it was really nice and soft and everything was just laying up. Mm-hmm. You know, I were hit my chip and it bounced is now all the way over and it hit some poor fool who's standing at the back of the bunker on 18 you know like that's yeah. you know something like that so those kind of things would drive me crazy right so i understand the mental part of it and that you know that's that that is i mean how much how much of a percentage would you say that is about being a good golfer it's got to be half I okay mean, you you, you kind of have to take what you get when you play golf you know the course is going to give you what it wants to give you and you just gotta you gotta play that course that day, right? I mean, I've played, um, like courses that back to back days, and they are polar opposites of each other. Like Northland during their men's invite is probably the toughest challenge. I mean, you can play in in northern Minnesota. Um, they have the greens rolling, just stupid fast. Yeah, I'm talking about a, a 15 foot putt. That's Ramagan Bay, right? Like that's the is that the course or which are you just talking about the Northland Golf Course? Northland, Northland Country Club. Northland oh, Country, Country Club. Club. Okay. Yep, in Lakeside. Okay. Um, it's uh, you can have a fifteen foot putt and you only have to hit it a foot to get there. Okay. Like the greens are are just stupid fast, and then that doesn't play well for me. Then the, <laughs> you you get you get an inch of rain overnight, and it is one hundred percent opposite. Right. And I mean that's that's just. I can't get anything to roll. Yeah. Yeah. Now it just it just sits. Yep. You know. Yeah. I mean that's, and we've all seen you know the bunker shots where the guy has tried to chip and it comes right back to where it was. Mm-hmm. And they just have to sit there and look at it. You know, it's it's it is. It's just a it's just a constant. You know, if, if you have one of those expressive faces like me, you'd be able to tell exactly what I was thinking because I'd look up and be like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, that went fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I literally gained nothing from that whole shot. <laughs> you know, so it it must make it though on the flip side that much more rewarding when you hit a really good shot. Yeah, you I mean, there's, there's nothing better. Yeah, in my opinion. You know, I mean, um, it it just I you know as like I said, I'm a neophyte. I don't know much about golf, but uh, you know, I watch it a little bit and I'm I, I understand the strategies and stuff like that. Um, but you probably put yourself as a former athlete into that position. And I played basically team sports, pretty much all team sports. And I wasn't even a hothead considered a hothead amongst my teammates. So, you know, all my, I had some other teammates that were real hotheads and I, I just tried to picture how they would respond because that would make me nuts. Right. You know, and you too, John, I know that, well, you played tennis, but also played hockey. And I know you played with some, I don't, you don't strike me as a hothead hockey player type. Um, I had my moments, but I mean, I, every hockey player has their moments. But right. there are guys who fly off the handle much quicker than other guys do. Yeah, I, I wasn't like that in the game. No, no, yeah. So, you know, and I don't know, Joey. How would you consider your team pretty even keeled? Are your guys pretty even keeled? I mean, do they get pretty upset, or are they? Yeah, I mean, we all have our moments, like everyone. But we're we're pretty fun with each other, and um, we just want to have a, a good time. Yeah. How kind of our our team has been the last couple of years? Don't take it so seriously that you get, like get yourself out of the right mindset. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's my freshman year when I came in and we had Anton on the team. I mean, no, <laughs> nobody better. Speaking to, of hockey, <laughs> nobody better to play golf with than Anton. He was a really good golfer. Oh, was he was he? so good, really good. Yeah, 
I, I had no idea because the, the golf program is, is restarting here and it's it's never easy to recruit when you're starting a program from scratch. So obviously a, a place you always look is from within. Right. Who yeah. do we have on this campus already? What other athletes do we have that have played this sport? And he does, you know, yeah, I, I golf a little bit. <laughs> Great. Turned That's what we want as a team. team full of guys that golf a little bit. And right. then the next thing you know, it's like, he golfs a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's More than a little bit. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. He, he was, was so good. So good. You know what's funny about Anton? Uh, he, <laughs> I used to, when, if I showed up at Westman Arena early and the guys were stretching and getting ready to go, he'd come in in his hockey gear and he'd be like, yeah. He's like, I, you know, I played golf. Or I'm, I, I tried to play golf the other day and he was recounting how yeah, I had a rough kind of go on hole nine. And he's sitting there in his hockey gear and he's telling me all about his golf game. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to, it's like, you know, he was really serious about his golf. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, even after a hockey game, because he was obviously a really good hockey player too. He'd come over and he'd talk to you about golf after a hockey game. Yeah. For a long time. Right. I mean, I, we had conversations with him in the, in the lounge. Yep. About golf. Where we, we'd say two or three minutes about hockey, but then we'd spend a half hour talking about his golf game and, and yeah. what his favorite courses were. And, right. So he was an interesting guy. He took his golf really seriously and. Just knowing Anton, like you did, <laughs> it did make it kind of interesting. It was a it was an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I did you you didn't know anything about his golf when he came here? No, I didn't know anything about his his golf past until we brought the golf program back. Okay, and, and he, he joined. Yeah. yeah, and he said he was going to play, and that uh, he pl- he played a lot back home with his dad, and they basically sold their cabin so that the the boys could have more time playing golf. So they the is Oscar fa- pretty good too? He's not as good as Anton. Okay, but no. he but he can hit all right. Okay, but yeah. yeah, that was that was sort of the the introduction to the Svensson golf uh, family family. Okay, and I was like, wow, okay, he can, yeah, <laughs> he can play a little bit. So that was kind of how I I learned how he got his start. How did you get your start? What what drew you into playing golf? Um, my grandpa was he's I mean, he played golf every day, and. Uh, when I was young, I was a, you know, I played all sports like, like most kids do. And, uh, so it's interesting how I, when I played baseball, I batted lefty and threw lefty in hockey. I shot left, but in golf, my grandpa said, you're going to play right, right-handed. So I didn't interact with my baseball swing or me shooting the puck. So, I became a righty, and back then, um, you couldn't really find lefty golf clubs, so it was easier to be a righty. Sure. And uh, so I never had to worry about my baseball swing being interrupted by by a golf swing or a slap shot. You know, being. Are you? It's interesting. Naturally a lefty. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. interesting you say that because I I don't think people realize how a golf swing messes with a baseball swing oh, and it, vice versa. Yeah. I mean, for, right, for yeah. anybody, for a, a lot of kids, when they're doing both sports as a kid, they don't get good at one until they give up the other. Mm-hmm. Well, the swing is totally different. But you, th- that was a, a preemptive strike there. Yeah, I mean, I could in baseball, I could switch hit because I played golf righty. But my uh, my grandpa was like, "No, you're gonna stay batting lefty." Um, and uh, it, I mean, it's probably one of the best things ever happened, right? Because of I I, I could play three sports up until I was. 15 I played hockey baseball and golf and then 
you know, playing for Duluth East and, and Mike Randolph, he wants you to to play hockey all year round. And I was like, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. I want to golf. And I had quit baseball um, going into high school because I wanted to play golf in the summer, hockey in the winter. And I did that until uh, my senior year. And I just decided I didn't want to play hockey anymore and focus everything on golf. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't the best golfer until I quit hockey. Sure. Just because right. I, I was splitting time. Right. Like Ryan Peterson, my teammate now, he was always way better than me at hockey and way better than me at golf. And uh, once I, once I quit quit hockey, I could just focus everything on golf, and I just got a ton better and overtook him in, in at least golf. I don't know about right. hockey. He's still a better hockey player. But, you know. <laughs> well, it's, it's tough, though, because if you it, it, it's very hard to be really a standout in two sports. And it's really oh, yeah. tough. I mean that's that's not easy. Yeah, do. there aren't many Bo Jacksons around. Nope. No. Yeah, we're going to the ultimate example <laughs> of a standout two sports. But uh, you know, it's it's, and especially with sports like hockey and golf. I mean, you talk about polar opposites in terms of approach. Um, yeah. Yeah. In terms of not not just physical, you know, action, but just in terms of 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 the context of the game itself. Hockey's a loud kind of you know action-packed sport fast-paced golf is not <laughs> right you know golf is a deliberate thinking man's quiet it's very internalized you know hockey's very externalized you know where guys are expressing everything you know there's a lot of yelling and screaming and dialogue going on all the time golf is very much you know you know he's got this putt coming up you know it's like no we still yell and scream on the <laughs> right yeah but i mean like in terms of actual playing the you know, but once once yeah. the shot is hit, yeah, is when you let it out. Yeah, you know, during during a hockey game, guys are constantly talking. Oh and, yeah, and and right during the action in golf, that doesn't happen. Right, you know, you're you're lining up your shot and you're thinking about what you need to do, and if you are having dialogue, it's, you know, what do you think? Oh well, well, you know, but it's a very reasoned conversation, so it's a completely different approach, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's got to be tough to split those two up. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was difficult. I was never. I didn't. I mean, in hockey, I was the loud mouth, but I was I sucked. So I mean, it didn't really do, do me good. <laughs> um, and then in golf, I was still the loud mouth, and I wasn't very good, so it didn't do me any good. So I kind of I was kind of forced <laughs> forced into quitting one, so I could become better, and I could I could use my my loud mouth and you know actually back up what I was saying, and so <laughs> I guess golf it became. Uh, how did you end up here? At Superior. Well, I uh, I wanted to stay local. Um, I kind of just graduated high school, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, I looked in. I saw UWS had a, had a new golf team started, and I uh, I was already applied to the school. I was just planning on going here, and um, it's going to kind of kill off my uh, generals while I decided to major. And um, I emailed Eb, and I was like, um, who just took over for, uh, was it Dan Stauber? Yep. Yeah, um, Eb had just taken over, and um, I was like, um, this handicap, I'm looking to play. I'm already enrolled in the school. Um, can I have a tryout or something? And he's, he emailed me back, and he was like, yeah, we're having, uh, we had the, the, the golf meeting and stuff a week before tryouts, and um, I think Tyler, Tyler and I were the only two freshmen coming in, and then it was all of uh, 
like hockey players. Right. Anton Owen, um, Oli, who, Oli. who had played hockey. Uh, we had Nate Colleen who came from basketball. Yep. And uh, and it was it was like a hockey team with with two golfers coming in on it. And so I mean, that was that was an interesting experience. I bet. And uh, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, I didn't think I would have as successful of a career as I had coming in. I mean, freshman year was was terrible for me, and only because Anton got in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, freshman year, I got, I got disqualified from our conference tournament for not knowing the rules. And I, that made me feel like an idiot. Right. Right. Yeah. And for, for those of you who don't know, I, uh, I got disqualified for bending my putter and then using it. Now you may ask, Joey, how did you bend your putter? Cause it's, it's steel or I don't know what it is. Um, and uh, I, I made a triple bogey on the third day of, of the conference championships. And I uh, picked the ball out of the hole and hit it with my club. And it bent my club. So the next hole I go and I make like a 30-footer for birdie. And I was like, oh, I think my putter's bent. Like just to myself. And one of the coaches heard it. And he was like, what, your putter's bent? Like, that can't happen. And this was day three of the conference tournament we were maybe 80 shots out of first place. Right. Like nowhere in, in, uh, um, striking distance. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the, the, the coach was like, yeah, we need to, we need to disqualify him. Like he broke the rule. And I was like, whatever. I don't really care. And, uh, I have a talk, talk with the rules official. And then they were like, yeah, I guess, like they could have just gave me two strokes since we were so far out of first place. Like it didn't really matter. Right. But right. no, they yeah. were they were adamant on disqualifying me. And I talked to the commissioner Corey afterwards, and he's like, "Yeah, there's no point in disqualifying you. Like we didn't want to do that. Whatever." So I don't know. That was my freshman year. <laughs> that's why. That's how I got here. <laughs> that was like the motivation. Like that. That uh, being disqualified and, and playing with Anton really, really motivated me to kind of who I am today. Sure, because you took a giant leap your next year. Yeah, yeah. Was he sort of a mentor for you? Would you consider Anton one of those guys that kind of helped you Ab- along? Absolutely. Okay. Because I came in being a hothead, and you know, all he wanted to do was just get the best out of me. Like, like I said, I like to I like to talk, and I liked to to talk, especially around like Anton and my freshman year and. I didn't back it up. I sucked. There's no easy way of putting it. Like no other way. Right. Yeah. And uh, like, and then I I came in in the in the spring season, which didn't matter because we didn't qualify for the NCAA tournament. But you know, it's still fun to get out there and play. Right. And I played a lot better, and he's like, you "Just keep doing that. Like, why couldn't you do that in the fall?" Right. It's like because I was too focused on like talking, and you know, I didn't really want to like wasn't focused on playing, and that that is definitely molded my path so far sure what is the what is an off-season training like for you hey is it i just make sure i get on the course every day and play do you spend more time on the range and on the putting green what is what is your training like so i like i like to play a lot um i probably play around eight times a week or not eight times yeah eight times a week because i play on mondays i play 36 holes or more so in, in other days of the week, like when I can, I just play as much as I can. 
And so I'll do that. And then if I have like a bad week, I'll go to the range and fix something or tweak something and stuff like that. And then if, uh, if I'm not busy, like during, during the night or something, I'll go out to like an empty course, which is Ridgeview, right? I live right next to it. And, uh, I'll just walk a couple holes and drop a few balls and hit, hit the shots I need to to work on. So it's all just, um, what's ever not working is what I like to work on. Gotcha. Otherwise I just play. Okay. Yeah. And this is, this area is kind of hard for that though too because the the weather is not always great. No, it's uh, unpredictable at, at times, so it it can be hard to get out and play that much. I mean, you can go a week at a time where it doesn't stop raining, yeah. or you know, how do you, how do you adapt to that? I I just I just play when I can. I don't know. Um, I have played in the rain. It's not fun. I've played when it's. 30 it's not fun but you know you just when when you when you just love a sport as much as i love golf you just want to play it all the time right so i mean i'll I'll play when i can if if there's not snow on the ground or it's not like thunderstorming out i try to play so it's kind of how i take things did you over the course of the winter here this this past winter did you uh take advantage of hitting inside at all yeah at the wellness center with that new yeah, hitting, I hit in, hitting area that they developed for golf. Yeah, hitting in a few times and it was nice. It was nice to you know take some swings in in the winter, where, I mean we we were all thinking we were going to be playing in in NCAA championships here in a week, but um, just just kind of keeping a swing and a rhythm up during during the off season was super nice, and uh, I mean just just golf is about like repetition and stuff. So if you take a long period off, you're not going to have the same success you are six months later. Right. So. It's going to be awfully nice too when that, that whole area is finished. Yeah. The simulator is there and everything. That That's going to be really great for that yeah. program. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think it's going to help recruit. It's going to help recruit players. Like we're one of the few schools who has an indoor simulator up here in, in Minnesota minus the MyX schools. Right. But uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, I would imagine too, because there's there's no golf dome here anymore. No, you know there there really is no place for six months out of the year to be able to go and, and hit. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that that yeah, that would be a, a pretty nice draw. And actually, that starting to think about this whole national tournament thing, how difficult was that? Because obviously you you guys were there last year. How difficult was going into that when you have six months out of the year that you can't hit? And some of these schools play year round. Yeah, I that I never I just thought of that now. I mean, how yeah. could you tell who's been able to hit year round? Yeah, absolutely. Like last year, we played with a school from Texas, and if you remember last year, in the first week of May, we got twelve inches of snow. Oh, I'm well aware. And oh yeah, <laughs> we, we were we were playing with these guys from Texas who they don't golf on Christmas, they don't golf on Thanksgiving. And they don't golf on the fourth of July, and that's about it. They golf three hundred and sixty days of the year. Yeah, that's the dream. If if they want, if they want to, <laughs> right, right. And I'm telling this kid, we got twelve inches of snow last week. He's like, I've never seen twelve inches of snow in one time in my life. I'm like, maybe all total. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it's> all, <laughs> like, like, you know, um, over this entire lifetime. I was like, so do you guys play golf like November through March? He's like, yeah, why wouldn't we? 
lucky. We have <laughs> six feet of snow on the ground covering our golf courses. And he's like, why do you live up there? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it, it's super interesting. I think for this year, it's like the UMAC and the MIAC are like the only two schools that qualify for the national tournament in the fall. So, because everyone else plays. But they almost have to. Yeah, we have to. Because you, you can't get a full season in the spring here. No. No. And anybody that has been around spring sports up here knows with yeah. the way that you That's have to schedule. That's a roll schedule. of the dice. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you can ask Frank Pufal. You can ask yeah. Nick Bursick. You can ask the coaches at UMD or at St. Glasgow. Go back to yeah. when Eddie Morgan was here. He had back-to-back seasons where they didn't have a single home baseball game. Yeah. You know, two two years in a row. Right, yeah. They were literally a traveling baseball yeah. team. Like, there um, was no... <laughs> he thought about making, like, concert t-shirts to have the, the spring tour of all the different cities they were playing in, and none right. of them were at home, because that's what it was like. It was like a concert tour for them. Yeah. Right. I mean, even before, you know, the COVID cancellations happened, you know, Frank Pufa was playing Grinnell in Kansas. Right. You know, one school from Iowa, one school from Wisconsin are playing baseball in Kansas. That's... <laughs> That's spring sports in a nutshell. You do yeah, what you got to do. Absolutely. You do you what know, you got to do. And, and Grinnell was supposed to be the home team. They had to go to a different state to play their home game. Right. <laughs> you know, and it reminded me of, of men's soccer a couple of years ago. And I, I said this in jest, and this is a story. Because um, at that time, I was doing PA for soccer. We weren't broadcasting yet. And uh, it was the year that we were playing their home games over at uh, Public School Stadium. And I said something in Justin, everybody just busted a gut laughing at it. I said, we're the only soccer team in the country that has to play their home games in a whole different state. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> it's kind of like the New York Giants. Yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> like we're not, you know, we're Wisconsin superior, but we're playing our home games in Minnesota. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, and they started yeah. laughing, but it's like, well, it's true. Yeah. You know, it is. It's like the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do what you got to do. But that's that's spring scheduling. Is the oh, point. it's... That's, you know, yeah. they deal with that kind of stuff all the time. Right. So, yeah, we really don't have the option of playing golf right. in the spring because we have enough... We have a hard enough time just getting <laughs> baseball and softball yeah. together. Right. Let's, let's try to put together a golf tournament. And so, you know... And un- unfortunately, it looked like we were going to have a pretty good spring for spring sports up here and then we, we get canceled by... Uh, by COVID, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we actually, I, I think we would have gotten every game in. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there would have been. I think we would have got every game in because the weather this spring, yeah, it's been chilly and it's been windy. But it's been clear, but it's been yeah. I mean, it's been dry. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even the rain that we have gotten has been. I mean, we didn't get spread out. We didn't get that April blizzard we always get. No. No. Who knows? It could still be you coming. Know, it could. It could still. Yeah. But I've already raked my lawn. It's yeah. done. <laughs> I, I summarized the snowblower over the weekend. It's done. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> there can't be any more. No, I don't want to have to bring that thing back out. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate because kind of it, it's a little bit flippant, but uh, a, a good spring weather-wise for us is going to waste. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, sports-wise. Right. Because who knows when we'll get this kind of fortune again. You right. never know. You know, I mean, we've had some springs that have been okay, and then we've had some that have been awful. Right. But that's the role of the dice that you it, take. Yep. And that's exactly what it that is. That must make, like I said, training, though, for you guys. I mean, do, do you guys play together? Do you try to get together as much as you can when you're when you're not in season? Yeah. In play? Yeah, we all try to dig it out after class. Okay. And go play 9 or 18 together just to, you know, compete. Okay. And, uh, and uh, stuff like that. Um, otherwise we'll just go to the range together and kind of help each other with, 
little swing things we need to work on or okay and uh i think ryan and i definitely play the most because we're both members at ridgeview okay in duluth and we play three or four times a week in the summer together so really competitive yeah well that that's good too because it keeps you guys somewhat sharp and yeah you know ready to go when the fall season hits mm-hmm. so and that's been the super nice part about having him come play golf at right. uws with me yeah so right. we can just keep being competitive well, I hope you get the uh, the chance to be competitive again. I know yeah. it's an agonizing decision for you, and I, I don't envy you having to try to f- navigate that and figure out, am I going to graduate? Am I going to come back for another year? But uh, if you do come back for another year, I look forward to having the chance to watch you play again. Thank you. That's Joey Cummings, a senior on the Yellow Jacket men's golf team. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more of the Eye of the Swarm right after this. <laughs> Orkers Island Inn is now hiring and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We're hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today. Final segment of the Eye of the Swarm this week and uh, what a nice visit with Joey Cummings, Matt. He's yeah. a... He's a a great young man, and I feel so terrible for him to have to one lose your your chance at the NCAA championship. Right. Two to have to make that decision in such murky waters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we have been trying to get Joey actually on the program for a while. For those of you who are not aware, he he was the next guest. He yeah. And Ryan Peterson were both going to come and join the show when we had to. All right, we have to cancel. Right. Yeah. You know, and, we're, uh, we're, we're not going to have access to studio today, so we have to cancel. And we didn't get back on again until last time with Nick. Well, and, uh, you know, Joey is a loyal follower of our program, which is good. From day one? Yep, from day one. So he knows all the ins and outs. And so getting a chance to see him in person and talk to him was great. Uh, and like you said, really, really, he's a fun young man. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, he's got interesting perspectives on the world. And this has been a real taxing time for him and Ryan Peterson and the rest of the golf team and coach Eberhardt. Yep. Um, you know, just logistically it's been kind of a mess. I mean, it's one of those things we, and you know, not to belabor the point too much because we talked about it in the open and we talked about it with Joey a little bit, the normal even format of their season is very strange. Yep. It's very ant- antithetical to what we would think of as, um, you know, a typical NCAA sports season. Um, but then well, they have this happen. I mean, think about March Madness, okay? Yeah. Think yeah. about think about college football. Right. All right. College football. We use that's a better example than basketball. But you're going to play your fall season. You're going to start your your training camp in August. You're going to play all the way through October, and then you're going to be done until May. That's right. when all the bowl games will be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What? <laughs> yeah. You literally have three months, like a three month cooling period where right. you're not doing anything. Right. Yeah. You know, then I, you'll, I, you'll crank it back up again for a little training camp right around, you know, this the end of spring break or into early April. And then you're going to have all your bowl games in the span of a couple of weeks. Right. What? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, but that's the equivalent to it. Yep. And exactly. it, it, it makes no sense. So even under the best of circumstances, there's their schedule is strange. Yes. This has just completely wiped out their schedule altogether. Yes. So, um, as it has for everybody else, right? But you know, it takes a lot of maturity and a lot of of 
ability to keep things in perspective in order to kind of deal with all that, mm-hmm. even under the best of circumstances. Right. And so this has, I think, been a test for him, and it's been a test for Coach Everhart, and it's been a, a test for he and his teammates. Right. Because they were all looking forward to getting back to the national, you know, national tournament. Yep. For the second straight year, and now it got taken away from him. Yep. And so, um, you know, I, I like the fact that he he's keeping an open mind. You know. Uh, he's he seems like he's very naturally upbeat, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that he's naturally upbeat because that's the only way you're really going to get through something like this, right? You know, especially with a fifth year pending. Um, you know, he has to make up his mind, as he talked about a little bit. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's unique. I mean, I'm kind of running out of words because it just there's only so many times you can say it, but it's the same thing. Right. It is completely and totally unique, and we've never been through anything like this. And it's it's pushing people, and I think people are learning a lot more about themselves. And a lot more more about the kind of existence that we have, mm-hmm. just based on everything that's happened in the last month and a half, two months. Right. Yeah. It's 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 been an in- interesting ocean to be sailing on. That is for sure. And uh, definitely, you know, it's it's unfolded in a way that none of us have ever anticipated. And you know, we talked a little bit briefly when we weren't recording, Matt. That the the hard part is there's there's no expiration to this. No. There. You know. There's. That's hard for people. It does have a shelf life, but we don't know. The expiration what it date is. of that, so yeah. it's it made it really really difficult for for everybody. But it has, yeah. you know, the uh, they're doing the best they can with it. We're doing the best we can with it, yep. and you know that's basically all we can ask for. And just put your head head down and barrel through the line. That's all you can I mean, do. Use a football analogy. I mean, yep. there's just no other way to do it. And uh, thankfully, uh, you know, I I'm super happy that we still get to do this. Yep, me too. Um, I look forward to it, and uh, you know, there's hopefully it'll help keep some sanity for me mm-hmm. and some sanity for you as well i think it does absolutely you know and uh um like i said i'll I, you know just parting shot is just you know keep your spirits up um keep following the guidelines and of your local officials wherever you may be listening to us from you know from and uh Hopefully we'll see you on the flip side relatively soon. That's right. about all I can say. But we we will be back with another we all, we will be, swarm. Yep. You know, we uh we've gone away from going every week and have done every couple weeks here now and uh, we'll, we can keep up that pace I'll we'll, be happy. We'll be able to keep it up yeah. I think for a little bit longer and then we'll over the summer we may have to space it out a little more when we start to know a little bit more on the NCAA front and we'll have to know a little bit more about uh how Yellow Jacket Athletics is going to attack this but all in all, you know, as long as we're we're healthy and safe and our families are healthy and safe it's a it's a good thing yep absolutely that's the big thing right now he's the big sound matt johnson i am john garver and we thank you for listening to this week's eye of the swarm